listening to The Jim Laird Show on Body IO FM, where health and performance collide with your host, Jim Laird. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Jim Laird Show brought to you by Body IO FM. This is the Kiefer interview part two, and uh, at the end of part one, I used a word that probably wasn't very accurate to describe what Kiefer's been up to in the last uh, year or two. I used the word hibernation, and that's probably not a good word um, because Kiefer's been really busy behind the scenes working on his software, including some international travel, um, working on his books, um, getting all his science in order, his I's dotted and his T's crossed. He also We also get into... Um, what his software will actually be able to do for you, and then also what's going to be in his books, as well as what his coaches that are available to you online to help you. Um, so I really hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did recording it, and uh, enjoy the show. And you know, plus you got to take care of Cooper on top of that. What did you do with? Co- did you take Cooper over there with you to Serbia? No, uh, one of the coaches, Tony Sanjimino. Oh, okay. Actually, he moved. Yeah. He moved back here from New York, and mm-hmm. he was just moving back when I was headed out. So he actually just lived at my place and took care of Cooper oh, cool. while I was gone. Yeah, so it worked out. How'd, how'd you handle that, dude? What being away from Cooper? Yeah. Um. You know, I know when I'm away from my dogs, dude. It sucks. Yeah, the first couple of weeks were felt kind of lonely, just because there's that. He's the first person. Well, not person. He, he's. He's the first thing there to greet me in the morning. They, and, they, you know. they become they become a person, dude. After yeah, time. yeah, they totally do. And um, so the first couple of weeks it was rough, but then totally new place, totally new environment. I was trying to learn Serbian, you know, all of that. Just and then working on the software and everything was just kind of overwhelmed me to the point that a, a new routine set in. So I missed him, but you know, it wasn't as I didn't feel it. You know, pulling at my heartstrings the same way. I gotcha. Well, and you know, the funny thing is you say, I'm putting all this stuff out next year, but like next year is like in a month, <laughs> you know? Well, it's like, well I didn't say when it, next it, year. I know you didn't say when next yeah. year, but it seems like a long ways away, but I mean, we're already there. I mean, it's already, it's going to be Christmas like next week. I mean, it's not literally Christmas next week, but it seems yeah. like it, you know, once you get towards Thanksgiving, it's all downhill on roller skates. And then by the time you get through Christmas, it's tax tax time. And then it's just the, the year's almost gone. Yeah. I mean, it just blows by like it's insane. Well, that's you said when we first got on this call, I sounded like I was just in a much better place. It's because I actually know that these things will finally get done. Yes. <laughs> there's no, well, there's no like, I don't you know. know. The, thing, the, the thing that I've learned, you know, over the years is like, usually you do your best work right after you've come out of like the ditch like and if you look at history you look at like all the major players in history obviously i'm not calling myself a major major player in history but i'm just saying all the things that i've accomplished that have been good and well have come after a period of like oh shit i don't even know if i'm gonna get up tomorrow you know and that yeah. and that's i think you know adversity is what is what drives us and if you're happy and lovey-dovey all the time and you you know you don't produce amazing things out of that. You know, usually a little bit of suffering, a little bit of pain, a little bit of discomfort is what causes 
greatness. I mean, good things come out of bad things. And, and, you know, we have to go through these things sometimes in order to, you know, refocus, to, to get our attention. You know, most of the, the, the times that I've done uh, successful things have come after serious illness where I haven't taken care of myself. I've been stupid. You know, um, it's just kind of the way it works. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining anymore. I'm not, I would say I'm not glad I went through it, but I'm glad I'm on the other side of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's a learning experience and that way, you know, you can help other people and help yourself and, and learn from it. So what's up for you in the next, is it just right back to the grindstone for you? What do you mean? Are you just diving? Yeah. You're just diving right back into things (laughs) now, or you're just taking a little breath for air here to do this show. And then, are you 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 you're gonna have a little more balanced approach with your life right now? Take some time for yourself while you're working, or or what do you got going on? Yeah, well, I mean, you know how I work. I like to kill myself, um, but I've just you know I recently realized I need those times to decompress. So you know, once every two or three months, I'm gonna try to take a trip somewhere I've never been. Like in December, I'm gonna try to go somewhere you know, where nobody would ever expect me to go, basically, kind of thing, and where I would never expect myself to end up, um, just to try to experience some new part of the world. Um, North so I, Pole? No, not the North Pole. <laughs> Maybe Lapland, <laughs> Finland, which is actually close. It is I mean, close. It's yeah, close. it's, so, so, yeah, you know, just trying to take those moments, you know, I do have the opportunity to do some of those things, because I can work from anywhere, and, uh, you know, I just haven't, I've never taken advantage of that actually. And, yeah. um, I figure if I'm going to work this hard that I need to, you know, at least vacation that hard every once in a while. So, yeah, that's one of the things that I've been working on is I have to figure out a way for me, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now, you know, and when you're in here every day and I love my job and I love my clients, don't get me wrong. Uh, if any of my clients are listening, you know, I, I love working with you every day, but man, you know, the backside of the business and the, and the, the admin and the taxes and all that stuff, it just wears me out. And I have to find a way, you know, to take time off and to get rested so I can continue to do this into the future. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, you know, to grind it out just about every day for 20 years, um, and it takes its toll on you. You know, and so finding balance and, and, and figuring ways that, uh, you know, I can get restored and rested and, and come back so I can continue to, uh, to help people and work with people is a, it's a challenge, man. You know, you got to get sucked into being busy and you got to kind of set up some boundaries and, and set up some, some, uh, procedures to keep you, you know, especially as we, as we get older, um, you know, you just can't burn the candle at both ends like you used to when you were younger. Yeah, and it it's kind of sad because my mind is still there from being younger, and yeah, well, you I, know, I, yeah, yeah. I don't go through. I, ba- too. I battle that all the time. You know, I'm yeah, just like when I when I lift and stuff, I'm like, oh shit! Like 15 years ago, I could have done this easy. You know, even if I didn't sleep, I could have done this easy. And now it's like, well, you know, got to leave a little in the tank because I'm going to be feeling this for four or five days if I do this. You know, yeah, so it's that it's, that accumulation. It's not like that accumulation of effects correct well should we wrap this thing up well that's up to you it's your show not mine 
That's true. That's true. <laughs> You're calling the shots. That's true. That's 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 weird. Um, so <laughs> do you do you want people reaching out to you? Do you want uh, or are you still in hermit mode? What do you mean reaching out? If it's to post on my Facebook wall when the book's going to come out, no. Okay. Okay. But to ask about Cooper and how he's doing, they can they can reach out to you. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, okay. I one nice thing starting next year now that I kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel you know mm-hmm. I will have the time to start doing all these things again you know getting back on the podcast and stuff so I can keep people updated and start talking about a few things I obviously don't want to release much until the entire book's out there because there will be so many questions like all, all the material needs to be in one place so people can just go through all of that before they ask the questions um but you know I'll be a little well a lot more lively and active rather than hermit mode. Hopefully I won't have to jet off to Serbia anytime soon for another disaster. Okay. Although, although that's that's kinda... what I was that's what I was driving at. I was driving at whether you're going to go back into hermit mode or you're going to be a little more visible. No, I'd be a little more visible. Although I got to tell okay. you Serbia is definitely an eye opener. Cuz everybody like it's probably where the United States was as far as health-wise and how the people look probably where the US was maybe 50 60 years ago. Yeah. It was I mean, really it yeah. was really interesting to experience that. And oh what's my gosh. The, what's the, what's the biggest difference culturally between where the US is now and where Serbia is right now? I would say the lack of entertainment inundation and advertising inundation. Um so right. You know, you go into the grocery store, and most of it's just regular products from kind of local manufacturers, and you don't see a lot of food, food advertisements. There, you know, there's not row after row after row after row of prepackaged sweets and cookies. They just don't have stuff like that. They actually have bakeries. Um, bakery in Serbian is pekara, and you know, mm-hmm. there's there's pekaras all over the place, and there's actual butchers. There's butchers right. all over the place. I can't remember the name, the word for butcher. But, you know, it's very kind of old world that way. And it really does remind me of the world I kind of grew up in in rural Indiana as far as, you know, not a lot of advertising and the product selection was somewhat limited when, you know, I was eight or nine years old. And that made it, I mean, it was very nostalgic for that reason. You know, that tons of little grocery stores, um, so I'd say that was kind of you didn't see a lot of advertisements for for anything really. It was kind of it was a little strange in a way. I guess I mean people were obviously on their cell phones a lot. Um but there wasn't this large advertising push of eat this, take this, right. do this. Right. Um it, it's it, not as com- not as commercialized. There's not 20,000 types of cereals. No, I mean it's very simple. Uh, and you know that, and but they still have like great restaurants, more more coffee shops per capita than any place I've been in the world, and you know Vienna, one of the cafe capitals of the world, just can't even compare, and neither can San Francisco, which is probably the second most inundated place I've ever been, and super safe. That was a huge difference. I mean, people would in the coffee shops, they would leave their laptops and cell phones on the table and go to the bathroom for like five minutes. And nobody would yeah, touch that doesn't, them. Yeah, that doesn't happen here. 
No, nobody would touch anything. People would wheel, you know, they'd be shopping all day and they'd wheel their little personal cart and they'd leave it outside a store completely unattended and go in the store to shop and nobody would touch their stuff. It it was amazing. I, I, I mean, a couple of times when somebody would leave a cell phone, I almost wanted to steal it just to teach them a lesson. She was like, look, this isn't safe. <laughs> you shouldn't leave your stuff out. You know, somebody needs to teach you that the world's a dangerous place. But, you know, I never did, of course. Well, that's good. Who and no, no iPhones either. <laughs> Nobody had an iPhone. Really? Yeah, it was like paradise. Like, is it all all Android? Yeah, mostly you know the the flagship phone there to have. Well, other than the Galaxy Seven, now was you know top of the end Samsung, and then mm-hmm. the really kind of I don't know elite phone to have was the Sony was to have one of the Sony Xperia phones. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, just little little differences that are kind of major, just depending on, you know, what it is you notice or pay attention to. Cool. Well, let's kind of let's plug yourself because you know I know you know you're not as visible as you have been in the past. You know, you're not doing the podcast as much, and or you haven't done the. This is the first one you've done on your on your channel for a while, and I appreciate you allowing me to do that. Um, but you still have coaches available. You still have people can still get help um, through your site, correct? Yeah, yeah. We the coaches are still very active, and depending on you know what your goal is, we've probably got a coach for it. Mm-hmm. You know, Alex Navarro is doing amazing things with uh, figure and bikini clients. Uh, you know, I know Tony's still taking on people for mixed martial arts. Dane Wallace, you know, an amazing coach just across the board. Um, but if you need any sort of powerlifting or strongman kind of advice, you know, he's you know spot on with his training and nutrition advice. And you know, there's everybody else there. Kristen Grettenberger, she's a nutritionist. Oh no, dietitian. I think she's an RD now. Um, you know, again, great with lifestyle and dietary advice. I'm trying to think. Am, who am I missing? Am I missing somebody? Rocky Patel, our MD in, in residence, basically. What's what's he been up to? Um, you know, just the normal kind of life being stuff. A, being a doctor. Yeah, being a doctor, being a dad, being a husband. He's got two dogs now, so you know he's he's. I guess that's the American dream. Is that the rumor? I don't know what the American dream is anymore, but. If that's if that's, that's part, still the that's yeah. part of that's part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. If well, if that's still the American dream, he's living the American dream. So, um, but you know, he's still just <clears throat> avidly helping people. That's still where his passion is. Uh, and and there's a link. Nice. There's a link on your site for for coaching and uh, to how to contact all these people. Yeah. Yep. Still okay. there. Okay. Oh, I, think, and, I think sometimes I think sometimes a lot of people forget that you have this whole back end slew of staff. Um, that are there to help them. I think a lot of people just kind of, they, you know, they just kind of forget about that. So I wanted to highlight that. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And of course, nobody can get into the software unless they own a copy of Carbonite. That'll be the first, first, first iteration will be Carbonite. Carb backloading uh, will come back, come out on the software pretty soon after that. But yes, yeah, so, so get yourself a copy of it because it's cheap. Yeah, when the the I'm not gonna make the new <clears throat> the new book will not be that cheap. 
Or are you? Uh, Who knows? You probably won't be able to answer this, but is your your software access is it going to be more subscription based or will it be a flat fee? Uh, I'm going to launch it in pieces, so I I think we've we've kind of talked about it a little bit. You know, it's you know in in the first iteration, you basically tell it about your life right. in a pretty streamlined introduction, uh, essentially. And where you will, I absolutely guarantee whatever system you've ever used before, it's nothing like what you'll be introduced to in this. Um, and, you know, once you do that, it'll pretty much set you up for the next, the, the first iteration will, you can only buy three months. You've got to buy three months access because in three months, um, I can accurately predict where you'll be if you follow the plan. Okay. Um, and then after, so you do provide you provide constant feedback to this uh, this thing that you're creating. You're, so you're providing like daily feedback to this thing. Well, it's not so. Or, so to start, you know, to start, I can't. Unfortunately, I wish I was funded, and then you know, I would integrate every <clears throat> every you know biometric device that's out there that's popular. You know, so this thing can like Apple Watch and yeah, Fitbit and all that all stuff. of those, so, so you could get constant feedback, but. Actually, this is the first system uh, where the modeling that I've done can actually predict where you're going to be in 90 days. Mm. So it's not like, you know, Kevin Hall has a thing out there where he says, you know, if you put in your diet and the macros, it'll predict where your fat loss is in a certain amount of time or your fat gain. His system is total dog shit. Um, and that's probably why he makes it available for free. And a so lot of. That's how you really feel. Well. Well, it's because, you know, the simple thing is if you put in there that you work out into a system, it still shows mm -hmm. that you just get fat if you eat more food, which everybody knows who's ever been in the gym that that's not the case. You don't just get fat because you ate more food even if you're working out. You know, you right. you can gain lean body tissue, and his, his system can't take that into account. He can't actually make predictions because it's okay. based off of just – accumulation of population data it's not based off of an underlying dynamics of the main components of the human body okay. so i started from a totally different place than all of these other systems and and then i provi i provide you with what you should eat when and um the feedback where the feedback becomes essential is if you don't follow the plan so I right. can lay out a plan, and it actually, when I first get your information and I know what your goals are, I actually run simulations and then optimize the simulation of where you want to be at the end. So I know that your optimal path, and if you stick to it, you're going to get really damn close to that end result. But the problem is people screw up. I mean, I even screw up. So that's where the feedback no, comes No, really? In. Yeah. Not, yes. not you, dude. <laughs> so the feedback comes in from when you deviate from the plan. So I don't need okay. all this. You know, other systems try to work on what I call the weather model. So the way that we model weather is that we've accumulated data for, you know, decades and decades and decades. And what we do in our models is we say, well, when this happens, this should be the result. So that's a heuristic mm -hmm. model. It's not predictive. And that's why the weather's never good. Weather predictions are never good for more than a few days in advance because it's heuristic. You just can't. And all these other systems that are out there, I don't care whose system you're using. They're all based off of this heuristic model because until now, that's been the only model available to use in these systems.
So they can't predict where you're going to go. So they have to take in your information every week and see where you are, then some make some guesses, then they'll change your plan, and they'll change your calories, and then they'll hope and see what happens next week, and then they'll do it again. And when you do that, you miss some natural curves. You know, for example, there's when you're losing body fat and gaining lean tissue at the same time, there's actually some plateaus that you should naturally go through. And that's because of the way muscle mass is balancing with um, splachnic mass as your body accumulates more muscle tissue. So it, it also has to accumulate more liver mass, more kidney mass, all of those things to support that muscle tissue. So you go through. What these, is a uh, define define splatnic mass for uh, us ten thousand footers, please? Oh, that's just like all your internal stuff. So okay. um, like liver, kidneys, all all your visceral mass. That would be like the splatnic okay. bed. And okay, thank you. Yeah, and those things don't grow at the same rate. So you get these natural plateau areas. Well, if you're using one of these other systems, they're actually going to derail your progress because all of a sudden they're going to see a plateau. And instead of having a model that understands that, they're going to cut your calories. So what they've done is they've just gotcha. stymied your progress. Uh, okay. Yes. So you're saying, so you're saying basically, when you make gains, especially lean tissue gains, uh, your body has to slow your gains down for it, the system of the body to catch up. That's exactly right, because you can put on muscle mass faster than you can accumulate organ mass. So, right. So basically, the your muscle mass will hit a cap to where your right. organ tissue can no longer support it. So the organ right. tissue, the body diverts resources to your organ tissue to catch up, and then your muscle mass will then start to increase again. And so then basically you cut your calories back, your body doesn't have the resources to do the job, and then you end up getting stuck in a plateau. Exactly. And you and you can't you can't go through it. Right. So these these software systems will all derail huh. people depending on their goal. If their goal is to just lose weight, these systems will do great because they'll just keep dropping the calories until you lose the weight that you want. Um, gotcha. So I, I've heard, you know, on this other side of that, I've heard, you know, this deal where, you know, people will be losing body fat and then they'll hit a plateau. And I've heard some people make the argument, you know, this is kind of like the opposite of that, where like your liver is trying to process a lot of this junk that's stored in your fat and it can't keep up. So they'll slow your fat loss down until the liver can catch up to, I guess, quote unquote, I hate the word detoxifying, but is, is that kind of same on the backside of that? Or is that just a bunch of crap? That's just a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of crap. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the minute you start, it's amazing. The minute you start losing body fat, let's say that's your only goal. You're just trying to lose body fat. The minute right. you do whatever it is you choose to do to lose body fat, hopefully going much lower carbohydrate, um, your mm -hmm. liver starts to be able to mobilize its, um, intracellular and intratissue fat stores once it does that it's super efficient it is not going to in any way limit your fat loss progress at that point it actually could accelerate it i mean it just becomes okay. way more efficient um this, okay the whole detox thing is well you know how i feel because yeah, I've, I've heard i've heard people talk about you know how the body stores toxins and fat and if you've got all this, these toxins in your fat, the body's going to slow fat loss down because it doesn't want all these toxins dumped into your system. So that's total bullshit. Total bullshit. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. But you can, you know, there there are incidences of um, people who've done synthetic hallucinogens like PCP. Yeah, yeah, like LSD and stuff, right? Yeah, and that gets stored in body yeah. fat, and you can't actually. So have you start tri you, haven't, you yeah. start tripping out. Yeah, I've yeah. heard I've heard of that happen. I've actually seen that happen. Oh, have you? Yeah, I've never. 
never had that experience personally had, or seeing somebody. I had, a, I had a client who lost about 50 to 60, 70 pounds in like a couple months. Yeah. And he had a couple really good trip outs wow. in, in the gym. It's pretty interesting. You you know of this person. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the funny thing is people use that to kind of feed their theory of, oh, well, you know, all these toxins are getting dumped and this is what's going well, you on. Could, you could see why people would think that, right? Right. And, you know, I'm not – so all of these ideas that people have, and I I want to start stepping away from the shit show that is internet fitness and nutrition. Right. Stop trashing this stuff. I mean, Alan Aragon will always be a favorite, you know, um, target just because he's so comical out there. But – you know, he and he, he and I. Did you send him a Christmas to, card? No, I. Well, I don't have his address, but I probably would actually. Um, you know, but in general, you, you know, I don't want to trash people having these ideas because, as you just said, they make sense, and there is some sensibility to a lot of these ideas that are out there. And depending on how far you want to take your logic or your reasoning, there might be a lot of sense to what you're saying, but that doesn't mm-hmm. make it true. You still gotcha. need to do the due diligence to either dig through the research to put together your case that what you're saying is likely, or if the research is missing, you need to kind of clamor to have those gaps in the research filled. And people, you know, there's not a lot of money in that. There's not a lot of money in saying, oh, it's detoxing, and I, you know, I know how you can detox most efficiently. You just need to have this $150 smoothie every morning. I think that's um, Gwyneth Paltrow's thing. There's, she has like 150 dollar smoothie formula that you should do every morning Uh, you know there's money in that there's no money in saying look like we don't know here's my idea unfortunately the research isn't robust enough for me to really say that's true so what i'm going to do now is lobby for this research to be done there's no money in that there's just a shit ton of work and you know just people don't want to do the work or we've gotten into this atmosphere of a really good idea is proof itself. And I think you know what I mean by that. If it sounds good, yeah, if it sounds good and logical, then that's good enough. It must be true. Um, And I I think a lot of people, including the people who come up with these ideas, get tricked into that thinking that, you know, it makes, it does, it makes logical sense. It makes complete sense. Your liver is getting overloaded. and And here's the deal too. Like, an explanation like that might actually help somebody be patient enough to get through their plateau to stay on the plant. So it might be like, oh, that makes total sense. So it might, you know, uh, it might actually help somebody in the long run to be like, ah, oh, just be patient, stick with the program, just keep going. It'll it'll work itself free here soon. So, you know, yeah. a lot of times, and you know, I'm, I'm not saying you want to spread false information, but a lot of times these things can actually help people, even though you know, they're not necessarily factual. Well, that's a good point to what we talked about earlier is we really should be astonished by the number of things that work. Yeah. And when you start talking about factors like that, it makes sense why so many things work. You know, so many different aspects go into it. You can make just about anything work. I mean, for I remember when I first moved out here, there were like two really popular diets. One was the cabbage soup diet. Well, actually, there were mm-hmm. three popular ones. The cabbage soup diet. There was the Hollywood diet that was what, like um, – Honey, lemon juice, and cayenne pepper. And, and I mean, cocaine. Yeah, like all the things your body doesn't need. 
I mean, no wonder you lost weight. Your body thought that it was dying and it was, you know, trying to scrap together every last piece of nutrient that it could from your muscle mass and, and body fat because it was, it was literally starving at that point. And then you've, there was the like Berkeley brand muffin diet that was super popular out here on the West Coast where people were just eating like brand, they thought they, basically the premise of the diet was you could eat 10 brand muffins in a day. You'd have infinite weight loss. Um, colon blow. And well, and you know what the funny thing is, is, you know, for the right people trying that diet, it would produce results. That's what we should be astonished by. We should be astonished by like all these things work. It's like, what the hell? Like, well, you know, the placebo effect is so powerful. You know, people just totally dismiss that. But like, you know, one of my favorite shows growing up was MASH and they actually based it on a true story where they had like. They ran out of morphine, you know, and you're on a front line, you know, kind of hospital and you've got these people coming in with their legs sticking out and, you know, total shit show. And so they all go into the office and they huddle and the Colonel Potter's like, we're just going to give them sugar pills and we're going to sell it. We're going to really make them believe that this is the greatest painkiller. We can only give you one because it's so powerful. And it worked for like 90% of the people. And... You know, and it's ba- it was based off a true story. So if you can get people to believe what you're selling is wor- works, I mean, it's going to work for a while, you know, but long term. I, I would argue the that, diet fronts a little different only because you're introducing such a huge incursion into the system. I got you. Yeah. So I, I don't think anybody's ever proven a distinct placebo effect with radically changing the diet in a fashion that, you know, would make them fat and they got thin. That that would be my only counterpoint to that. You know, sugar, sugar pills, not a not a really big deviation. I gotcha. One but, you know, pill. self-belief, belief is huge, you know, for yeah, anybody. But, if they, be, they believe, you know, hey, this is going to work for me. You know, um, that mental, that mental side of things, you know, especially like not necessarily on a diet side of things, but in a pain, you know, especially in a pain type like situation, that's, that's huge. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think those things matter and, you know, the translation could be as simple as, oh my gosh, my, this is working for my friend. I've seen it work. This is way better than what I was doing. And all of a sudden, like the mental aspects and what you don't realize is that you're suddenly holding yourself accountable and you're actually looking at what you are eating when you're not eating those 10 brand muffins and blowing up the toilet you know you're right. you, you do have it changes your perspective it changes your mental state and that has profound like you said that has profound effects like telling somebody well look your your liver's doing this this is why you're stalled just you've you got to wait it out that's all you can do that forces people to push through and sometimes that plateau was something that was just you know, temporary. And like you said, that gives them the mental fortitude to push through at that point. So those, I, you know, those things are important. I'm, I'm not trying to downplay them. It's just, you know, it just gives you the sense. It should give everybody a sense of awe of all the factors that go into it and how people try to boil it down to one or two factors. Well, it's insulin. Insulin is what's making everybody sick. Oh, well, I don't know all the details, but I know it's insulin. You know, it's kind of where we've gotten to. It's like, no, 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 it's fat. Fat's making everybody sick. I don't know all the details, but I know it's fat. And those are the conversations we're having. And those conversations are the ones that really need to end. 
Um, and the only way that's going to end is if we start to move toward a really basic physiological and scientific understanding of how the body interacts with food. And just, you know, we don't do that. We, we look at this evidentiary data. It's like, oh, evidentiary training and evidentiary diet. And that just means that, you know, on average, we picked this handful of studies and we're just going to reproduce what those people did because they kind of got results. And this was the makeup of the diet in those studies. Therefore, we're going to say, even though that was short term, we're going to say the, evi- the best evidence is, well, you know, maybe you have an argument. Maybe that is the best evidence. Is that the only evidence? No. Is that the only idea? No. Is that the only theory? No. Are there other things that you can try? Yes. Is there other evidence that contradicts that? Yes. You have to be able to explain that. You can't just wave your hand and say, no, 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 they just must not have paid attention to what they were eating. Like you, you can't do that. You really have to, you have to believe that all these things work. Because they do. We have evidence. They work. So if we have all this evidence, we need to have some basic understanding that explains all of it. And, um, you know, hopefully before I'm done, I can help to provide some of the foundation of that. Yeah. I mean, it's a super complex system. You know, a, a calorie isn't a calorie for somebody. Some people absorb all of it. Some people don't absorb any of it. You know, stress is a factor. Sleep, well, lifestyle. I mean, all this stuff, you know, how healthy the person is. I mean, these are all factors that that play into this stuff. Well, if you want to go to the calories, not a calorie, I mean, the the human body. So the idea of a calorie is a is a human construct of the mind there. It's not like there's some fundamental law of nature that the body understands that that's a unit of energy. Like, that's just idiotic. If that were the case, it would have the same reaction to all the food that you in. It would have the same endpoint reaction, and it doesn't. You know, the endpoint reaction to all the different foods is very different, and we know that now. I'd say for a lot of, a lot of uh, the last 50, 60 years, we were ignorant to that because there weren't enough studies to make that clear. But, you know, we know the, the body has no, like, calorie-sensing system. You know, it's all a related interplay of the different types of nutrients and how they affect the body. And, you know, at a very coarse, at your 10,000-foot view, or maybe at the 100,000-foot view, calories is a very, very coarse unit of measure for food. It kind of equals the playing field. And if all you care about is weight loss, if you don't care about what that weight is, if it's fat or muscle or liver, if you don't care, then yeah, you know, uh, I will admit Calories is a feasible estimate of the end result of somebody just trying to lose weight or somebody trying to gain weight. Does it relate to health? No. Does it relate to the tissue composition at the end of it? No. Does it give you predictions about disease state? No. Does it give you any indication that you're going to treat this person's Alzheimer's? No. It does none of those things. It is clearly an outdated concept. And at the time that it was developed, you know, it was known that it was a concept for then because it was the extent of their knowledge. And it was also assumed that knowledge would advance. And that was over 100 years ago. And we're still trying to use this this damn parameter that even its founder <clears throat> wouldn't wouldn't pin the entire future of the field on. And we're still using it. It's like, come on. Science has advanced 
so much. I mean, at the time, we were doing things on pen and paper, and now we've got microprocessors in our phones that are more powerful than supercomputers from the 80s that took up entire buildings. It's like, why yes, has... We- yeah, why has nutritional can, science not advanced that much? We can launch a space shuttle with our phone, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and we still haven't come up with a better measure of health other than how many calories you put in your mouth. Something yeah. is wrong. Something is definitely wrong with the scientific method when it comes to the world of nutrition and health. And perform and performance, even. You know, performance, I would say, is still in its dark ages of nutrition. You know, just like human health is still in the dark ages of of nutrition. So here's the ultimate 100,000 foot question. So you've got like 10 minutes, you're in an airport, you run somebody runs up to you and says, Oh, I've seen your stuff online. Um, you know, I'm overweight. I'm sick. I don't feel well. What would in 10 minutes, what would your advice be to them on how they could get healthy and lose some body fat and feel better? Well, I wouldn't even need 10 minutes. I just tell them to stop eating carbs. I'd ask them what their diet was like. Try to get them to give up as much carbs as possible and, you know, say, look, like once a week, just have at it. See what happens. That w- that would be my 30-second spiel because I don't think I could spend 10 minutes with a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not so, that social. So, so the, the simplif- simplified answer is for you, obviously, carbohydrates is still the number one factor of health and performance when you eat them and when you don't eat them correct correct and yeah and i'm only more robust in that thinking now with all the new stuff that i know i can i can defend that position absolutely i feel i don't feel it's no longer i don't feel that it's any longer well i think or i'm sure there's going to be something that that backs that up like i i feel like it's an absolute position at this point with everything we know no. about the human body. Nice. Well, yeah. I, I can't wait till uh, you you put that out there in writing so you can actually um, relax. state that. You can <laughs> relax, yeah. But but the 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 absolute, you know, because you've explained all this stuff to me, and it makes total sense. And we've gone, you know, if people could have like sat and listened to him and I go back and forth on things, round and round and round like a circle. Um, and he's very patient and he's very good at explaining things to me and not making me feel like a complete fool. Um, but, um, this is going to spin like it's going to, when this stuff comes out and he explains it in a way that makes total sense, this is going to turn everything on its ear. I mean, people are going to shit their pants. I mean, and it uncovered like, the scientific and rock solid reason why women shouldn't run for body composition. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of the book is having that in there. Even though the book doesn't really treat exercise, (laughs) I could not ignore putting that in there because it is so simple why what happens happens. And there's just, there's no real safe route unless women are going to, you know, sprint. Sprinting is still fine. Right. You know, and you're not talking about going for like a mile jog every once in a while. You're talking about right. like running excessive. Yeah, exactly. You know, they'll they'll hunt us down and kill us if we tell them they can't go for a mile leisurely jog every once in a while. That's not going to hurt you. That's okay. But Right. And you know, sprinting running, is totally fine. Yeah. Running excessive miles for uh, body composition is not the most efficient way to go about that. 
No, and, and it actually explains why you see some people's body fat percentage like go up, and it's not just they will actually gain. Well, I'll wait for the book, but yeah, it's. <laughs> oh, I see it. I see it time and time again. I mean, half yeah. the half the girls on my lifting team are reformed marathon runners. Yeah, I and. Mean, it's, and it actually, you know, for the first time, it made me realize and understand from a scientific perspective, um, theoretical perspective and, you know, evidence-based, since everybody likes that. You need both. You need the theory and the evidence. It's like why CrossFit works for women so well. There's like a very distinct reason that that is a good training paradigm for women for a time. Um, but yes. it explains why we see the effects we see in women, but we don't see those same effects in men. Yeah, a that glycolytic pathway is so powerful for women if they can handle it, you know. Yeah, yeah, they got it. And then, and then, and when they crash and burn on that, they crash and burn bad. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's you got to be really careful going down that pathway. It's a, uh, it's you know, Joel and I talked about that on the, the show he just did uh, for me, and you know, that's a very powerful pathway. It can make make or break somebody, but it it if you use it too often, man, it it will. It's like nitrous on a car; it's great, but if you use it too much, you're gonna blow the engine, you know. Yeah. So. So yeah, yeah. Exciting things to come. So I don't get assassinated first, as per everybody's predictions. <laughs> yeah, because if you do, your secret goes to the grave. Because there's no way in hell I can explain it in a way that. <laughs> any scientist would have any respect for <laughs> yeah draw it on a napkin maybe that's about it but but dude i really appreciate you allowing me to interview you i appreciate you coming out of your cave and uh it was good chatting with you and uh thanks everybody for is there anything you want to say before i sign us out no i mean everybody knows everything carb backloading carb night everything's on body.io right now is the do you have the place you have coaches it. Yep, have, have coaches, coaches, plenty of coaches. Cooper's doing good. Cooper's doing good. Supplements. Got T3. T3's yeah. out right now. Superhuman.io is the place to go. Check out supplements and, you know, see when they're they're going up for sale or any new ones that will be coming out. It's also, I'm pretty sure we have the order form up for T-shirts. I'm not sure if we do anymore. Oh, nice. I know. Yeah, those are limited. Um, okay. But, but, yeah, I think those are all the properties worth mentioning. All right. Well, thank everyone for thank you. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everyone for for listening to our banter and for tuning in uh, to another edition of the Jim Laird Show. All right. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. been listening to the jim laird show with your host jim laird if you'd like to hear more log on to body.io don't miss the next episode of the jim laird show when he'll probably say something inappropriate but unexpectedly insightful